Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Bate. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women, as well as a retired nurse and fierce PCOS advocate. PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and this led me to my mission for empowering women who are like me to start giving up the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can live out your most fierce and best freaking life. Let's get to today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take the time to tell you about Mild de Cairo Complex from Vita Chic. This is an amazing supplement to have in your PCOS toolbox. Vita Chic's Mild Decaro Complex offers the 40 to 1 ratio of mild inositol and decaro inositol, which are two evidence-based vitamin-like substances that can help you with your PCOS symptoms. Having these two inositols working together can help support hormone and mood balance, as well as improve insulin sensitivity and energy. I personally use it to help with my insulin resistance and to restore my cycle. I love it. And I also have clients who feel the same way. Mild Decaro Complex also contains a propriety blend of herbs like fenugreek, chaseberry, and maca to help support those happy hormones. It's manufactured here in the U.S. of A., doctor researched and certified, 100% natural and vegan friendly, and I really loved getting to know Samantha, the CEO, who is also a PCOS fighter. So head over to VitaChicUSA.com and use the code LIVEFREE25, that's all caps, L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E-25, to receive 25% off of your order. Welcome back to Live Free Radio. Today, you guys are in for such a treat. I have Dr. Fiona McCullough, who is a naturopathic doctor. She is the founder of White Lotus Integrative Medicine in Toronto, Canada. And she's also the author of Eight Steps to Reverse Your PCOS, which is one of my top recommended books if you have PCOS. Dr. Fiona, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Letitia. I'm so excited. I know. I'm, I'm so excited. I always knew that I wanted to ask you to come on the show, but today's topic, um, we're going to be talking about hair loss, and you are the woman to go to <laughs> on that topic, so I'm really excited to have you here to, to share your knowledge with us, but before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about you? Sure, absolutely. I'm a naturopathic doctor, so I've been in practice for almost 20 years now in Toronto, and I own a clinic where we treat primarily uh, hormones and women's health. So PCOS is something that is obviously very close to my heart because I also have PCOS myself, Um, and we treat a lot of women with PCOS every day, and our team of practitioners is very collaborative, so we share all of our toughest cases with each other. It's really awesome to be able to work um, in this field that I just I just yeah. really love and I love helping people get really good results. Yeah, and that's awesome for your patients too because they have a team, uh, you know, you know, working on. Would you say that did your own PCOS journey is that what led you into natu- naturopathic medicine? Well, it, it's sort of uh, it's sort of complicated in a certain way, but it was a natural progression for me. So when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a doctor, and I also really loved the environment, and I loved um, animals and plants, and so I was always very interested in you know um, plants. And I used to go with my friends to the woods, and we would make up medicines from plants oh. and feed them to the trees. So <laughs> I just loved that sort of thing. And then yeah. um, I was really into the environment as a teenager. 
we actually started the recycling program in the high schools in Toronto. Oh, that's so, awesome. yeah, so I wanted to become a doctor, but I wanted a doc to become a type of doctor that was more natural and in, in you know, harmony with the environment and the earth. And um, my mom actually took me to a naturopathic doctor when I was in my teen teens uh, for some stomach issues I was having, like really bad pains and digestive mm -hmm. problems. And I was given enzymes and probiotics. So these sound so basic now, but uh, after but like years, <laughs> yeah, <Right>. years of <laughs> suffering, this solved my problem. And so then um, I decided to go tour the naturopathic college um, is, uh, you know, and then that was what I decided to do instead of regular med school. Um, yeah. And then with my PCOS, I sort of became interested in hormones in my practice. And so then I just started to become more and more focused on hormones, um, PCOS, but also things like thyroid, fertility. Mm -hmm. So all of those areas I just love. Now, I think it's amazing because I do feel like there is a trend of women that are always looking for a more natural approach to their PCOS. Um, I think, you know, just especially here in the States, the conventional approaches aren't really getting them far. So they're always looking for the natural. And it's just amazing to know that you're on the forefront helping women every day do that. Um, and, and I know it's like today we're going to talk about hair loss. Um, I, do you see hair loss in your PCOS patients often? Yes, definitely very often. It's also something I've had myself and I've been, you know, fighting against for a while. Right. Um, but yeah, it's very common, um, especially as women get older, because uh, it's a gradual process that usually starts in the 20s and, and keeps mm -hmm. going. But um, yeah, it's definitely super common, something I see every day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of questions about it as well. So I'm really excited that you're going to, you know, share with us some of the things that we can do before we dive into that. Can you explain what is it that causes the hair loss in women that have PCOS? So the hair loss in women that have PCOS is very specific. So it's called androgenetic alopecia. And the way that that happens or the way it progresses is it is a thinning of the hair in certain areas of the scalp. And typically it's right up here at the top, mm -hmm. right behind the front hairline. And you'll see that this, this part gets wider and that's caused by androgens. So hormones like testosterone or dihydrotestosterone, which is made in the scalp from testosterone. And that basically um, um, causes inflammation in the hair follicles. Um, and that inflammation actually causes destruction of the hair follicles. So it's a slow, gradual process that um, can be reversible at certain points, but at certain par parts of it can't be reversed if it goes too far. So it's always good to start early with treating that type of hair loss for sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what are some of the ways, let's dive into the treatment, because uh, that was one of the questions that I had with some women are nervous if it, you know, going to be reversible. So you could see some progress, but then there are some cases where you may not. Um, but what, what would be some of the things that we can do in hopes to prevent further thinning or, or try to reverse some of it? Absolutely. So um, I always look at the underlying causes. And so the very first thing to ask is, do you have insulin resistance? Because if you do have insulin resistance, then you're going to get a lot of results from treating that basically because high levels of insulin trigger us to make more androgens like testosterone. So some women with PCOS are insulin resistant um, and some are not very insulin resistant and maybe only potentially 
Um, for them, working really hard and the insulin resistance won't give them the same results that, that will for somebody who is. So for that, it's always, first and foremost, diet and exercise. So um, minimizing sugar, making sure you have a really balanced plate with a good serving of protein with every meal, healthy fats like nuts and seeds and healthy oils like olive oil, avocado oil, avocados, a nice serving of that with protein and then, you know, two, two cups of vegetables, three cups of vegetables. And then, you know, depending on your needs, a small serving of carbs is generally a great way to balance out a plate and prevent spiking levels of insulin after eating. Mm -hmm. Anything that spikes your blood sugar will also spike your insulin. So that's first and foremost. And then there's also some great supplements for insulin resistance. So things like berberine and inositol are really helpful. Um, and NAC and acetylcysteine. So those are all supplements that can help with that element of things. So first, so if you have that, obviously you want to treat that. And then exercise, I know that you're really a good, uh, a huge promoter of exercise. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. It's one of the best ways to treat right. insulin resistance for sure. The second thing is if there's androgen excess, then you want to treat that. And so there's some women who you know, they don't really have a lot of insulin resistance, but they still have really high androgen levels. And so in that situation, there's a few different things that you can do. The first thing is you can try anti-androgens. So um, those in the natural medicine world are things like peony, white uh, peony flower and licorice. Um, there's also um, saw palmetto, uh, which is a herb that helps to block the conversion uh, to DHT. So that's one that we use a lot for hair. Um, and so there's a variety of things like that. Reishi mushroom is another anti-androgen um, and actually green tea. So there's something in green tea called EGCG and mm -hmm. that actually is also an anti-androgen. So these are different things that you can take internally and then secondly, if your androgens are high, often this makes, makes you have issues with your female hormones like estrogen and progesterone. So if you have low progesterone, for example, that feeds into the cycle of high testosterone and your hair needs progesterone to grow actually and to stay in the growth phase longer. If, the, if you have low progesterone, your hair will exit the growth phase. And the same goes for estrogen. So some women with PCOS have low estrogen. A lot of people think they always have high, but many mm -hmm. women have low estrogen. That's bad for hair. And we all know pregnant women have lots of beautiful hair. Yeah. They have lots of estrogen and progesterone. So those hormones are great for our hair. So we wanna make sure the cycles are happening naturally. And right. in my clinic, we use progesterone as a treatment to help women have normal, healthy cycles. Um, in a cyclic manner. So this is a prescription, but it can be really powerful in helping hair. And, you know, progesterone cream is another option mm -hmm. that is, even though it's milder, can still be helpful um, as well. So yeah. yeah. And then there's topicals. So um, things like rosemary oil topically has been found to be as effective as Rogaine, wow. which is quite awesome. Yeah. And then um, topical melatonin. So uh, you can spray actually melatonin on your scalp and wow. it's an antioxidant and it can help with that, with hair loss too. That's, that's pretty amazing. And so um, I know some of the listeners may be curious because, you know, maybe they're not aware, you know, of what their androgen levels are or their estrogen and progesterone. Could you possibly share what would be some of the lab work that they could ask their provider to check if, if they're unsure? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And the one thing to consider with the androgens is the tests are not all that accurate. And it's, it's quite sad, but these are actually made more for men's hormones. So the, the reference ranges. So for women, we make like a little bit of testosterone compared to men who make a lot. Um, so when you look at those reference ranges that they have, they are actually just you know, a whole spectrum of women with and without PCOS are in that normal right. range. And um, they also don't adjust them for age. So as we get older, the testosterone gets lower. So you have to sort of understand like, how old are you? And is this actually high or not? So I would always suggest to do total testosterone um, and dione, which can be more accurate than testosterone. Um, if you have insulin resistance, you can do free testosterone. That'll tell you some uh, good information too, because the more insulin you have, the lower your um, something called sex hormone binding globulin goes, and then the testosterone can act more on your cells and cause problems. So that, and then DHEAS, so that's an adrenal androgen. It's a precursor hormone that turns into testosterone, uh, mostly in women. And uh, so that is an, almost a separate thing. Some people have high levels of that and some don't. And again, that one also changes a lot as we get older. Mm -hmm. So the older you get, the lower that gets. Those ones, and then I would also do FSH and LH and estradiol, and these should all be done at the beginning of the cycle. If you don't have cycles, it doesn't matter so much, mm -hmm. but um, at the beginning of the cycle, so cycle day two or three, and then I always like to take a snapshot of estradiol and progesterone at you know, around five to seven days after ovulation. So on, you know, on a 28 day cycle, at cycle day 19 to 21. So that'll tell me, you know, if there is an imbalance between those hormones. Now, sometimes high estrogen can be a problem too. Right. So um, that just gives you a lot of info. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. And I'm so glad that you covered um, like when to go in, because I think that's something a lot of women don't consider or think about. And we can fluctuate so much from day to day even. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And at the beginning of the cycle, I've seen so many people get a requisition for progesterone and, and mm -hmm. you know, they'll go during their period and they'll be like, oh, I have low progesterone. But actually, you should have low progesterone at the beginning of your period. Right. Like, we don't make any then. So it is really important to test that at a different time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I think you covered a lot. Is there any other thing that women can do if they start noticing the thinning of the hair? I mean, we've, we've got lifestyle, lab work, supplementation. Is there anything else that we could possibly do? Yeah. You know, I think the topicals are a great thing that you can mm -hmm. do because your scalp, it's like you can actually directly access that. And, um, you know, I think that doing those topicals can make a really big difference. Um, I think as well, you know, not over treating your hair with chemicals can be really important, you know, especially anything that's sitting on your scalp, but mm -hmm. also using natural shampoos and conditioners. So there's some really nice ones. Um, uh, a lot of the ones that I like, uh, Mill, Mill Creek Botanicals has a great line of natural shampoos. That's really, uh, awesome. And, um, there's another one by Avalon Organics, Rosemary, um, uh, shampoo and conditioner. It's really great too. Um, so those are really um, important things is not to use um, endocrine disruptors on right. your scalp, like parabens. Um, so if you look at the labels, you'll see parabens and phthalates, and those are endocrine disruptors. So anything that when your head, when your skin is wet, it absorbs really well into your tissues. So mm -hmm. um, that would be something that would you know be really important to do. And then the other thing I would say for sure is to start as soon as you notice it, because it's progressive um, with PCOS and you can stop a lot of it 
if you're really focusing on, on these things. And proactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there are any indication of, you know, like a certain age or a certain level to where you may suggest that it's not going to return, the hair growth won't return, or I'm assuming that's different in every woman, of course, but you yeah. what are some signs that were, were probably not as fortunate to return the hair growth. Well, I would say, you know, what it you can still slow it down and stop it. So no matter what, at a certain point, you know, you can still work on it. But then there's also like how much of this, how much of your time is it taking up? And everyone has right. a different feeling about their hair. Like for many women, it's so incredibly important. For mm -hmm. others, it's not as important. And you know, like it can take a lot of work, it can be stressful. And there's many patients who will just be like, well, you know what, I think I'm just going to get a topper or a wig and just like, not worry about this so much, but a lot of it's when you see a lot of the scalp, like it's okay. visible, you know, when it gets to that point, you know, you can't really bring that hair back very mm -hmm. well. And so it's a matter of if you feel better with, you know, a, a hair replacement in some way, um, that's great. And I think it's, it's, it's personal. Um, and the other thing is that it's actually normal to lose our hair as we get older. And I right. think it's actually like just normal. Everybody does. You know, I think it's, it's a huge percentage of women, something like 60 to 70% will lose hair as they get like right. significant amounts of hair as they get older. And our society has kind of made us believe that, you know, we need to have the hair we had when we were 20 <laughs> for the rest of our life right. and like do 10 billion things every day and stress out. And, you know, mm -hmm. so like, I think part of it is just like accepting ourselves and doing what we want to do to make ourselves feel good, but also not being um, so driven by like the media and all of these right. things. We need to look a certain way or be a certain way. I think uh, the same thing can just be said with like daily hair loss or every time that you wash your hair, you know, you should be losing some amount of, of hair. And um, yeah, I know for some women that can give them a little bit of anxiety because they think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to lose all of my hair because I have PCOS, but it may just be the normal amount too. Um, yes. so it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to differentiate. <laughs> I briefly had suffered from from hair loss and the difference was it was coming out more in like chunk style than yes. general, you know, um, shedding all over, which again, mine was insulin resistance. Once I was able to manage that, it, it really reversed a lot. Um, but I'm so glad that they explained that. I know that's a concern for many women and this for the most, I mean, it's very practical tips too, you know, with the things that you shared, these are all doable things and there's so much hope there yeah manage it or even kind of reverse some of the symptoms and speaking of reverse i was hoping you can briefly tell us about your book the eight steps to reverse your pcos i think that's such a helpful resource to have for everyone i wish they would give it give it out to patients when they got diagnosed like how much oh. different <laughs> how much of a difference could that make um i'm so glad that i read it and i actually got mine autographed by you I was super fangirling when i met you <laughs> <laughs> last year's symposium and asking you to autograph it. Um, I recommend it to everyone. Can you just briefly you. share what is available in that book and why it could be helpful? Yeah, so that book, it's it's kind of like another, I have three kids and it's like my fourth one. And uh, so I just, put, <laughs> I spent so long writing it and I tried to include absolutely everything in it about PCOS. So because PCOS is such a complex condition, it changes at different times of your life. So you might be dealing with something when you're 20, something totally different when you're 30, and then something completely different when you're 40 and 50. And so it's like, I've tried to include all the elements, you know, of 
you know, the different factors in PCOS, like inflammation, insulin resistance, hormone imbalances, androgen excess, thyroid, which a lot of people don't think about as being mm -hmm. so important, and uh, diet and environment. So all those elements really influence our PCOS, and everyone has different um different, you know, uh, amounts of those different elements that affect them. And so it just shows you how much to focus on what's unique to your PCOS that will make the biggest difference for you. And then I have in there as well, things about what, ha what to know about pregnancy and menopause. So all the different times of life that Mm -hmm. um, we experience. So it is quite a long book, um, but I hope it would be, you know, I hoped it, that it would be a guide for people that they could go back to and refer to, you know, at different right. times, whenever something, you know, happens. Yeah, no, I, I, I refer to it still and keep it near me all the time. And um, I believe I purchased mine off of Amazon, but where, where all can they get your book? I would say Amazon's definitely the most popular place to buy it. And then mm -hmm. um, you can get it in bookstores as well. So, um, you know, like Barnes and Noble and right. Um, yeah, I think I believe Walmart I've seen it from Books a Million and, and such as well. Yeah. 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 That, that's awesome. Well, where else can we connect with you? Uh, where can they find you at? Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I have a clinic in Toronto. It's called White Lotus Integrative Medicine. So that's where I practice. And uh, so if anyone would like to visit us there, we can see patients who live in Ontario, either by telemedicine or uh, in person. And uh, we also, um, I also have a website, drfionand.com. And um, I have an Instagram and um, a Facebook. So you can look me up on there just under Dr. Fiona ND. So um, yeah, feel free to follow me. I'm always uh, as often as I can trying to share information that, mm -hmm. I, that I find. And you so. do. It's really great info. I love everything that you share and can't thank you enough for, for talking about hair loss on this episode and giving us some insight of what we can do. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great to be here. I love I love talking on this topic, especially. <laughs> yeah, I know you're so so good with it, and um, so immediately I get a lot of questions on this all the time, and I'm like I'm always referring to you, and then I'm like let's just get her on here and chat about it. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's it's been great. And thank the other you. thing I just wanted to say oh. about hair loss, like just when you were mentioning that and what you went through, is that you can have PCOS but have other kinds of hair loss. The reversible yeah. kinds. So this is something that I find that it's more alarming for people because those other kinds of hair loss, like what you were describing there, where it's coming out in chunks mm -hmm. or all a lot at once, that's reversible. That's called telogen effluvium. And so that you can have that from insulin resistance, from stress, from a big right. change. And so don't, you know, make sure you're getting it properly diagnosed for people out there because sometimes that can be stressful and yet that, that kind can grow back once you fix right. the problem. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Good to know. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but now that you mentioned stress, you know, I was dealing with some cortisol issues, which was also, you know, in connection with my insulin. But once I started tackling those and, and changing lifestyle and diet and it, those things started turning around. And before we go, I do have a question real quick that just popped up um, because you had mentioned, which we know thyroid is connected to PCOS pretty commonly, but you could yeah. have just possibly hair loss if you only had a thyroid condition, correct? Correct, yes. And the thyroid hair loss is reversible. So mm -hmm. yeah, the PCOS hair loss is, is different. It's just a very gradual, very slow hair loss that happens over like decades. Whereas if you notice sudden hair loss, mm -hmm. that's reversible almost always. And there is something that's caused that. And the thing that caused it is usually two to three months ago because 
hair is always delayed by two to three months. It goes, it decides mm -hmm. to fall out. It enters its, its the last stage um, called telogen. And then three months later, it actually falls out. So a lot of the time you have to be like, what happened three to four months ago? Did yeah. I like have massive stress or did, and the other thing is losing weight can cause that. So, um, and then, then, but it grows back, you know, it's reversible. Right. So, right. Yeah. And I wonder too, is, um, some of that, like, well, like with the weight loss and this could be, um, obviously very relative to the person. Could it be because of like a reduction in the carbohydrates? We're not getting in like the nutrients and, and things like that. Um, you know, and as you just mentioned earlier, outlining a really well-balanced meal, but sometimes when people lose weight rapidly, their meals aren't as balanced as what we would want. Exactly. Like our brain thinks of our hair as very expendable. It's like, that is not important. You not know, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically when, when you lose weight, your brain doesn't really understand. It's like, well, I think there might be a lack of food, you know, like there's some kind of, you know, shortage of food. And so it'll be like, well, that can go. So, cause hair takes a lot of energy. It's metabolically yeah. expensive. So that's what happens. It just sheds off the hair and you know, that's, I've never thought that's shocking like for that. a lot of people when they lose weight because they're like, I'm so much healthier that all of a sudden like they lose all this hair. Right. But yeah, yeah. it grows that, back. Yeah. That's so good to know. I find so much comfort in that. And I believe the listeners will as well um, to just understand that like it can come back and it's manageable um, for the, for the most part. So thank you again. I, I hope we can chat about something else in the future. I absolutely love all the information you share and I'm so glad that you shared this with us. Thank you so much, Leticia. I'd love to come back anytime and talk on any topic. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on Live Free Radio. If you have any questions or would like to be featured here on the show, email me at Leticia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you're enjoying the episodes and the podcast, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. This will help women like you find the podcast so that they too can be empowered and feel supported in this community.